family, I'm so happy to announce the launch of my brand new premium podcast. It's called Ideas That Matter Plus. This is an exciting new development that we've been working on for some time. This after seeing a lot of you request coming through saying thank you for what we've done and wanting more. Ideas That Matter Plus is a more targeted podcast that focuses on business strategies and more high-level thinking to help highly ambitious entrepreneurs, SMEs, business owners and founders, even the CEOs of big business. It only costs 450 Rand per month and will be coming in, but I mean coming in hot. So, subscribe now to Ideas That Matter Plus, now available on Spotify or Apple Podcast Store. Sayonara. The pandemic was a stress test for many of us, but here's one financial instrument that can help, OctaFX. OctaFX is a reliable global trading platform with over seven years of experience. It helps Forex traders make the most profitable and efficient trading decisions. Today, they have more than three and a half million open trading accounts and a hundred countries covered. If you're new to trading, OctaFX provides a free Forex basic course, free webinars, and also sends weekly and monthly reports so that you're always aware of market news. Download the OctaFX trading app from the description and get $5,000 in your demo account just for practice. You can practice until you feel ready to switch to a real account. Check the caption to find out more and use your promo code VUSI100 to double your first-time deposits for more efficient trading. What's up, Vuzi? This is Doug from Nai, currently in North Carolina. I just listened to the cab brand crew, bro, and what an amazingly refreshing way of approaching morality, you know? And it's one of those Donald Rumsfeld's, uh, things you don't know that you don't know type of situation, you know. It's a great way to look at how we move in today's world. And thanks for coming with the freshness, man, the newness. Uh, listen to this one kind of late, but still, <laughs> I, had to, I had to hear this today, bro. Appreciate it very much. Look forward to next week's show, yeah. Hello, family, and welcome to another week of the VT Podcast. That was Delta Nye, who comes in all the way from the United States with that fantastic and uh, very humbling uh, recommendation and testimonial. Thank you, brother. Appreciate the words of encouragement. As I always say, the team here loves receiving feedback. It's literally, guys, it's our food. It's what we, it's what we eat. It's what we live on. So keep sending through those, especially the voice feedback. We love that. We love to hear from it. I can't start this podcast this week without taking a moment to just reflect on where my home country, South Africa, is at the moment and what's going on there. For those of you who haven't followed, I would recommend that you perhaps check on your latest Twitter timeline or follow on the news about what's been happening in my country. One of the decisions we made when we first started the VT podcast was that we would focus on precisely what the podcast is about, which is ideas that matter. And to do that, we needed to transcend what our own political proclivities might be. This is precisely why we've never expressed and will never express a political view. That's not the point of this podcast. So what I wanted to say to my fellow countrymen, those in South Africa and all around the world, is that this moment will pass. And I know that in the heat of the moment, we'll lose perspective. It looks like it's the end. We blame each other, or at least someone in authority. But this moment will pass. What I pray for is that it passes with peace, love, 
and forgiveness. Now then, let's talk a bit about the podcast this week. This week, I wanted to talk about booms, bubbles, and busts. Booms, bubbles, and busts. You know that if you study human history, you notice that every single time there is a conventional wisdom, it's followed by a collective psychology which leads to a bubble. Well, what does that mean? Well, first, all wisdom is first non-conventional. By definition, it can only be wisdom if it's non-conventional. If it's conventional, it's what we call common sense. So all wisdom is first non-conventional. And in the beginning, all societies do the same thing when they first hear about wisdom. They reject it, ridicule it. Some even make it diminutive. They play around with it. They turn it into a joke. But one person at a time, one soul at a time, one brain at a time, and that wisdom converts. It converts first the mind and then the hearts. And that's when it goes from a rejected, non-conventional wisdom to conventional wisdom. Picture the moment when, as we now know, human beings first heard that the world was round. Today, we accept it as a scientific fact, but the conventional wisdom of the day is that the world was flat. It was based on something we call evidentiary theory. Evidentiary theory is when your lived reality surpasses what is scientific fact. There are some things that you and I accept purely because they are our daily lived realities. And what the man of that time was saying, this is around the 14, 15, and 1600s, predominantly, but not exclusively, in Europe. What the man of that time was saying was, if the world is round, then why am I not standing on a piece of earth that feels round, right? And it's, if you think about it, sounds logical. Why do I not feel like the piece of earth I'm living in, inhabiting, standing, building on, is round. And so, that then was the conventional wisdom of the day, that the world is flat. Through much trial, triumph, and even struggle, scientists of that time, those who were, as is the Latin expression, illuminated, the illuminati, were those who brought to the world the idea that the world is round. That's actually the genesis of where the Illuminati comes from, the illuminated ones, those who accepted science as a base of truth. But it wasn't easy. It's not as if it just happened. I'm literally telling you that if you read about it in history, those who first came up with the ideology, the idea, that scientific theory that the world is round were burnt at the stake. They were killed, first by society, and then it became a crime, and they were killed by the church in that day. So it went then from being non-conventional wisdom to, as we accept it today, wisdom. But the question you might ask is, when did it become accepted wisdom? Well, what happened in that society is precisely what happens in all societies. There is, as Malcolm Gladwell calls it, a tipping point. 
And so anytime you're restructuring the way people think, the way they accept ideology and ideas, you look first for the tipping point. The tipping point is the point at which you have a large enough mass of people believing the idea and evangelizing the idea that the idea grows like wild fire. It isn't that the idea is more accepted, or rather, it isn't that the idea has become accepted by a larger number of the population than not. It rather is that the number of people who've accepted, believed, and evangelized the idea is growing at an exponential rate. That is the tipping point. So the first then is to accept this idea of conventional wisdom. What then happens with collective, or rather conventional wisdom, is it becomes a collective belief system, a collective ideology. Then everybody believes in it, and they believe in it, as we say, in the world of critical theory, we talk about this idea of the logical truth. The logical truth is something that is, because logically it is so, and it is so logically, because it is. Does that sound tautologies? Well, if I said to you, I went swimming in wet water, you might reply and say, but wet water, water rather, can only be wet. In other words, the logical truth is in saying the word water, wet is built into the system. In saying fire, hot is built into the system. I don't have to mention the temperature of the fire. I say fire, and you know fire is hot. I say winter, you know it's cold. I say autumn, you can see the leaves fall. It's built into your mind, your accepted lived reality, that the one immediately means the other. It is, as we say in statistics, baked into the numbers. So then what happens is this. It goes first from an unconventional wisdom to a conventional wisdom, and then from a conventional wisdom to a collectively accepted truth. And at the point at which it becomes a collectively accepted truth, something very strange happens. But it happens because we human beings are creatures of collective society. Can we take a moment and just reflect on why that is? Why are human beings creatures of collective societies. The actual reason is very simple. Survival. That's how yours and my forefathers, yeah, that's how they survived, living in a world where there were predators that were larger than them, in a world that was very harsh for their own survival. I mean, consider that it is said that until the 20th century, life expectancy on earth was less than 40 years old. Our partner in today's episode is OctaFX, a global trading platform. Taking risks is a part of life, but understanding risk is what can lead to success. That's why OctaFX believes you should know the basics of risk management. Because there's a lot of misinformation out there, people need to be guided by reliable sources. They need to understand who they can trust. To combat this, OctaFX consistently conducts webinars, sends letters with important news, reports, and also offers a free course. By downloading the OctaFX trading app, you can also open a demo account and get $5,000 to practice to understand which strategy suits you and how you feel about the market. And you can practice until you're sure you can move on to a real account. Check out the caption to learn more. And now back to Vusi's podcast, Ideas That Matter. Less than 40 years old. In the 20th century, it went above 40 years old. And even then, not really for the first half of that century, because if you remember, that's when we had the two world wars. 
And then, in the second half of the century, the boom of the capital markets, the world widely accepting the free market system as the default system of building economies, the proliferation of capitalism in many parts of the world, that led to the secondary boom, in part to better the economies of the world, but also as a spread of better access to healthcare. That meant we lived longer. Today, in the 21st century, it is said that you and I might live for longer than 100 years, that you might be able to extend your life, actually. So at the point at which last, last century people had the mid-life crisis, today is no longer mid-life. Yeah? But what does this have to do with what I'm talking about? Well, quite simply, the point I'm making is that all things first go from being non-conventional wisdom to conventional wisdom, from conventional wisdom to accepted collective ideology. At the instance at which it becomes accepted collective ideology, society flocks to the center to believe and support in that ideology. Society, for instance, will tell you which way to pray, which way to talk, which way to think, which way to spend or save money. Society will give you a set of values along which you must live your life. And what society does, it's quite insidious, this if you consider it, is it takes conventional wisdom and it makes it not only conventional wisdom, but supreme wisdom. It then gives that supreme wisdom permissively to the elders of that societal group. That's why in almost all societies, no matter where in the world you are, there is a reverence for the elders. It gives that supreme wisdom to the elders, supreme in inverted commas, whose job it is, is to protect and proliferate this accepted wisdom. Haven't you noticed that generally, not always, but generally, the rule holds that if anybody is going to do something new, invent something new, find a better way to do things, or to say it in another way, Disturb or break society's conventional wisdom. Conventional wisdom, those people tend to be younger. Do you know why that is? It's not because the elders have lost their ability to innovate or think differently. It's because the elders have been burdened with the responsibility to protect the status quo, to proliferate what we now know as conventional wisdom. But at that instance, when society flocks towards the collective idea, will all of us start thinking the same, acting the same, moving the same way? We'll lose our inability to think independently, to critique and exercise real critical thought, to look for better, more efficient alternatives to do the things we've been doing our entire lives. At that point in time, all of our resources get pushed towards the same direction. That, that's what creates booms. That literally is how booms are created. So if you want to look at a property boom, you will notice that in that time, the conventional wisdom is that if you invest your capital in property, the money will multiply. If you want to ever find a boom in pyramid schemes, you will notice that in that group of people at that time, the conventional wisdom was that the fastest way to multiply your money was to participate in some sort of scheme that multiplies your money. These are the way booms work. So if then it is true that this is how booms work, why do busts happen? This is really the question I want you to ask yourself. If all of society follows the same logical truth, 
then why does at some point that logical truth fail? The answer is quite simple. Because society has to find a way to exist in a more efficient way. And at that point in time, at the instance at which we learn that there is a more efficient way to do the old thing, the old thing becomes archaic, but the instance at which the efficient way becomes the new way often does not coincide with the instance at which society adopts the more efficient way. This is why there is a lethargy to change. We take time to adopt new thinking. And then what happens all of a sudden is we go from a boom to a bust. What some people in investments call smart money versus dumb money. So the smart money will start looking for new ways and new opportunities to invest and multiply itself following the more efficient way. Yeah? And that's where the bust usually takes place. So here's what I want you to ask yourself this week. Where in society are you? Where's your thinking? Do you exist in a space of non-conventional wisdom? Are you in the space of conventional wisdom? Or are you in the space of collective, widely accepted ideology? And recognize that there is a maturation. All things go from non-conventional wisdom to conventional wisdom to accepted collective ideology and back to non-conventional wisdom again. It is how human beings have adapted and survived. It's how we invented the wheel, how we invented the principles of flight. It's how we invented boats that could sail from one part of the world and one continent through dangerous and treacherous oceans to another part of the world and another continent. It's how we invented the Concorde, which broke the speed of all sorts of things. It's how we, as human beings, have made the modern world a modern world. We question the old, we invent the new. Now, I'm not saying everything old is archaic. I'm simply saying, who are you thinking for? Or rather, who's thinking for you? Now, to finally close this off, one of the expressions I have is that all wealth is created in market frontiers. What that quite simply means is wealth is created at the frontier of markets and preserved at the maturity of markets. So then look for new wealth. Where generally do you find it? You find it in market frontiers. You find it in new technologies, cryptocurrencies, yeah, contracts for difference investments, or even investments in new markets. Let's look at the world's wealthiest man. Both of the world's two wealthiest people today are in market frontiers. One who comes from the dot-com world, the other who revolutionized the automotive sector and space travel. New wealth exists in market frontiers. So if you're watching this podcast and thinking for yourself about how do you create a better life, or rather, how do you create wealth for yourself? The secret is actually very simple. Just examine your own thinking and see if you are practicing non-conventional wisdom conventional wisdom, a collective ideology. Because I can promise you now, if you're practicing collective ideology, you're not creating new wealth. And so, that's the podcast for this week. Booms, busts, and bubbles. I hope you've enjoyed it. We look forward to hearing from you and your voice testimonials. Sayonara. This podcast was proudly brought to you by My Growth Fund in partnership with Sound & Sounds Media.
To partner with us, visit mygrowthfund.co.za or email info at mygrowthfund.co.za.